Weeping may spend the night, but joy comes in the morning. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome. It's the third Sunday of Easter, and we have some fabulous lessons, as always. You don't just have to be in the Easter season to have fabulous lessons. But we have the conversion of St. Paul from Saul to, 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 uh, to St. Paul. And we have the um, wonderful lessons from, lesson from Revelation, from uh, the very heart of persecution, a sense of hope in code apocalyptic literature, that's Revelation. And then we have, of course, the gospel, this long, beautiful gospel about not giving in to despair and also about forgiveness, even from the sin of betrayal. Forgiveness through God's love. We have resurrection in two kinds in these passages. We have an encounter with the resurrected Jesus in a miracle vision and conversion, and we have an encounter with the resurrected Jesus showing off his culinary skills by frying up some fish for breakfast. That, I think, is and always will be my favorite resurrection encounter. Jesus, the resurrected one, our brother, our friend, our savior, both in the mundane and in the miraculous. Jesus, the resurrected one, encountering us, being present wherever we are, wherever we are in our lives and in our spiritual journeys. And these resurrection encounters are uh, awakening, examples of awakenings, one very abrupt and one long in coming. So resurrection in two kinds, conversion and in culinary skills. Resurrection in the mundane and in the miraculous. Resurrection even when we need the scales to fall from our eyes, Christ is present. Even when we are tired and about ready to give up casting uh, the net for fish, the resurrected one is present. Even when we think that we do not need any more mercy like Peter, Christ comes to forgive the rejection and the betrayal of denying him three times by asking him three times, do you love me? And letting him affirm instead of deny three times, yes, Lord, I love you washing away those three betrayals when Jesus was most vulnerable. Washing away Peter's denials that he was part of the disciples of Christ 
as Jesus was led to the crucifixion. That kind of love, that kind of mercy, that kind of resurrection presence is one of the most precious gifts that our faith leads us towards. One of the most precious gifts that we can accept no matter if we are in a journey, a spiritual journey or in our life journey that corresponds to what we think is the right way to be. Jesus encountered Saul and knocked him off his horse to get his attention. And Jesus encountered Peter in the early hours of the morning and cooked him and the rest of the disciples a little bit of fish to fill their tummies. So it was after his ascension, after Jesus' ascension, that the resurrected one appeared to Paul in that vision and knocked him off his horse. But it was after his death and before his ascension that the resurrected one appeared on the beach and urged his disciples to keep fishing and then cooked a farm to table or seed to table or I don't know if they had a table, maybe they had leaves, I don't know what they used, maybe hands, but the, you know, the seed to, to plate organic breakfast of fish. And these timings are important for us today because it's not only, it's just, it's an affirmation, it's a reminder that it's not only back then that Christ appeared, but even after to Paul, who hadn't been a disciple, who was in fact persecuting the disciples, that Jesus, the resurrected one, was able to appear and affect change, good change, hard change, good trouble in Paul's life. So I think about these two kinds of encounters and I, I think about when or where in my life that I have been knocked off my horse, metaphorically of course, I don't think anybody should fall off a horse, very dangerous. But when I have been and have needed to be knocked off my horse in order to come to an awakening, in order to stop bad behavior, in order to live into a fuller life, and I am grateful to God and to the people who have worked on behalf of God who have led me into these awakenings and into awareness that leads me to fuller life. And I've thought about the times where just sharing a feast or sharing the day-to-day -day things in life, the tenderness, the generosity, the kindness of just a small band of the faithful being together and thinking about what it means to share. And I have been very grateful for those spiritual moments and the awakenings 
that I have had in them. And I think that these, well, first, let me just be very honest, I prefer the second type, the gentle awakenings, rather than the ones that have knocked me off my horse. But I believe these scriptures invite us to think about our lives in this way, to think about our spiritual growth as never being done, but being a constant, a constant journey in which we are called to let the scales fall from our eyes in order to see anew what God would have us see and to work anew on what God would have us work on. An awareness, an awakening happens throughout our spiritual life at times when we are able to recognize Christ in our midst and respond some way. Again, for St. Paul, for St. Paul who was persecuting, hunting down, and taking the lives of the emerging faith community of Christians, his anger and his single-mindedness would not let him see anything past his goal to get rid of the nuisance of these people who were betraying the faith. That's how he saw it. And he felt justified in killing them, these new raggedy band of Christians. And his awareness would have to come dramatically because of his single-mindedness, his hate that he let drive his life and his actions that he felt was justified, that hate converted only when his metaphorical blindness to others' humanity became a true condition for when he was knocked off that horse, he did become blind. And his blindness was cured only when he was converted from a killer to a Christian. And the messenger of that, 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 that conversion was a messenger of Christ. So he was knocked off, blinded, and then a Christian came to tell him that he could see again. And he believed. And he stopped killing. And he understood that being a killer and being a Christian are two things which are not meant to coincide easily. And sidebar here, I think this should make us all very uncomfortable that we live in a state, in a country where with one of the highest rates of execution, state execution, and a very high rate of gun violence. And even though there are all types of flavor of Christianity, I think all of us are called to look at St. Paul and that 
truth that killing and Christianity were not meant to coincide easily. And that it was his conversion, this dramatic resurrection, this dramatic encounter with the resurrected Christ that led him to understand that we can save others' lives as well as our own when we fully embrace Christ's message. Now, Paul was energized to work for peace and understanding after his conversion. When I think of St. Paul, I think of somebody who has nonstop energy. And when he used that energy for destructive purposes, he was successful. And then when he used that energy for constructive purposes, he was also successful. Follow his missionary map on a, on a, on, on a map, and you'll see just how energized he was. But those poor fishermen, and Peter, and the beloved disciple, those poor disciples on the boat in our gospel passage, they were just so tired. They had gone back to their daily lives, and they, they seemed to have lost their mojo, right? They just seemed to have lost their ability to fish well for that night anyway. And they were ready to give up when this man comes and stands on the beach and they were not far off. So I guess he's like, cast the net on the other side. And they were like, what? But someone recognized him. And so because Jesus said it, they just cast that net one more time. And even though so many fish were in it, it did not break. And they hauled that fish in. And they got a new perspective. And they were nourished by Jesus with bread and fish. And even in their tiredness, they were renewed. And they were nourished. I was just recently on Thursday evening at the installation of a good friend of mine, Genevieve Razim. Um, her installation is rector of All Saints Church in Austin. And it was a glorious celebration. And I learned from her mother and her uh, a story about uh, uh, that I, I just found telling and inspiring. Her mother is also one of the first women priests in the Diocese of Texas. And she went to the University of Texas. All Saints Chapel is on the, the campus of the University of Texas. And Genevieve is their first woman rector. Her mother said that when she was going to the University of Texas, women had to ask permission to wear pants. And when she walked, her, her dorm was right across the street from this chapel. And when she walked by that chapel, she never envisioned that women could even ever be priests or that one day her daughter would be the rector of that parish because she had to ask permission to wear pants. And they only gave permission 
after serious consideration and when it was really, really cold. Imagine. So sometimes I think when you start maybe taking things for granted and that things aren't moving fast enough, that long-term perspective helps understand that things do change. Things lean towards uh, allowing and embracing and encouraging the full humanity of all, even with so much despair and heartache in this world, things do change. And we have to remind each other of that in the little mundane moments of feasting and belly getting full. And that's what I felt like on Thursday night, that we were just, just getting fed by this small historical moment in the life of the church. And so, my friends, while we don't have signs out on the church saying, come and eat fish, you know, we have come and see, taste and see, we have songs that, that are, you know, sung about taste and see and all of that, we are called to nourish each other. We are called to remind each other that Christ is present, that we only need to look, that Christ will wash us in grace as he did Peter without us even asking, that the resurrection is both dramatic and mundane and the resurrected one is with us always. And to that I say, Amen, Alleluia. Amen.